was thinking this morning when I got up. In times like these that are so strange, do you keep your mouth shut or do you confront the evil around us? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I've got several news stories that I want to share with you today. But I was thinking this morning, how often do we want to just retreat? And I get it. How often you just want to not get involved in all the noise and the nonsense and the stupidity and the politics and the anger and the angst. You just want to stay home or or hide away. Or if you're in a church, you just want to stay inside of your four walls and, and, and avoid the world at all costs. I get it. I thoroughly understand it. We live in a time that I don't think I've ever seen so much anger with so many people in the world and and how this anger keeps getting ramped up by the media to keep us angry with each other. There's some of the silliest people on television that are talking about politics and none of what they say makes sense. It's like my wife said, there's got to be something in the water in those places for some of the weirdness that comes out of people's mouths. I did see one interesting news story, ran across it yesterday. And I've been in the broadcasting industry for a long time, so I know some of the big players in media, in radio and television, companies like iHeartRadio, and you also have another one that's about the third largest owner and operator of radio stations, Cumulus Media. And they had a statement that came out earlier this week, I believe it was on Tuesday, where Cumulus Media, they are severing ties with an organization called Podcast Movement. It is a trade association for people that are in the podcasting business. Now, I'm not a member of any of that kind of stuff. I'm a small podcast. It's all originated by me. I'm not owned by any kind of a company. And this is something that I do each and every day to put together this radio program and podcast. But the reason, and I, and I have to actually applaud Cumulus Media on this one. I don't always agree with them. But they're, they're severing their tie because the trade association called Podcast Movement issued a very groveling apology for harm reportedly caused by Daily Wire podcast host Ben Shapiro and the fact that he was present at their conference in Dallas, in Dallas, Texas last month. Now, Cumulus issued a statement saying it was dismayed and disappointed by the trade association's response after Shapiro merely visited the Daily Wire booth at the podcast movement conference, greeting fans and supporters. And the Daily Wire, of course, was a paid event sponsor. Now, the Cumulus Podcast Network has been uh, the Daily Wire's advertising sales rep since 2016, the Atlanta-based company has also syndicated Shapiro's radio program through its Westwood One subsidiaries since since back in 2019. 
So I'll give Cumulus Media, they said that every voice matters and we support conferences and trade events where differing political viewpoints can be expressed and received with respect. As such, Cumulus stated, they were dismayed, they were dismayed and highly disappointed by, co- by podcast movements handling of the reaction to their partner, top podcaster, and conservative talk leader Ben Shapiro's just just his mere presence, just being at a booth, triggered people to get angry. And there, there's this group, which I am not a member of, believe me. And and I've I've thought about joining a trade association, but I can't justify it right now. Like I say, it's a small podcast. And so here's another example of what I call, what we all know, it's the cancel culture. The extreme left, one of their greatest powerful elements is learning how to cancel people. And they do it all the time. It's nothing new. From the beginnings of the Soviet Union, China, under Mao Zedong, North Korea, one of the most powerful elements in, yes, even, you know, Nazi Germany. All dictatorships want to control the entire narrative. And if you dare disagree with whatever the established narrative is of that political group, you must be silenced. You must be forgotten. You must become a non-person. You must suffer for even merely thinking the wrong thing. This has always been the domain of a despot. You have to control the minds. And what's the first thing they get into to do that? Well, they do everything in their power to grab the youth, take over education, indoctrinate children to believe in the state, not to trust their own parents, and definitely do not be involved with any kind of religion except any religion approved by the state. Yeah, we're, we're going to someday see the concept of one world government and a one world religion being pushed harder and harder right before our very eyes. And that's why, that's why I've said there, there are times that I can understand when many people say, I give up. I am so tired of being out there in the fight. I don't need this aggravation. I don't need people looking at me funny. I don't need to have my family threatened. I don't need to have, you know, if I have a political sign that supports a conservative candidate, I don't need my yard destroyed or vandalized. I don't need to have a bumper sticker on my car to find my car has been keyed or damaged in some way just because of my political opinions and statements. I get it. Yet unfortunately, but I I think fortunately too, we are called and encouraged to be a bold witness. And from a Christian perspective, now listen to me carefully on this. 
We are told if we are Christians, we are salt and we are light in this world. Salt, as I've mentioned many a time, maybe you've never heard this before, in ancient times was a preservative. And when the salt has lost its savor and no longer can preserve, well, you just cast it to the ground and, and trot upon it. Light, obviously, is something that evil and darkness despise. And so shining the light of truth in a darkening world, the powers of hell despise it. And we're called to be out there to be an honest witness, an honest witness. That's something else we don't see much anymore. I I think back, for example, and, and I'm trying not to be political, but hear me out. If you go back to the two impeachment trials in the that were done in, in, in the Senate of the United States. They, they, were, they were ridiculous. They, they were stupid. They were a waste of money. They were politically driven, and there was no truth in any of it. They had witnesses that were bearing false witness, creating and making up stories that never happened. And what really is disturbing for many of us is that nobody to this day has been held accountable. Nobody at the FBI that bared false witness and lied before a court to get a a warrant to spy on the Trump campaign and then the early days in the White House, nobody's been held accountable. And yet anybody that goes against the state that can be used as an optic, they'll treat them like dirt. Now, I saw a story, and, and it really... It really did disturb me. I was always raised to believe as a child, from the time that I was in elementary school, junior high school, high school in particular, that America was the land of the free and the home of the brave. We were told growing up we had some of the greatest freedoms in the world. And I truly believed it. I really did. And honestly, I did have a tremendous amount of freedom compared to many other nations of the world. I figured out over the years that a lot of the freedoms that this country once had have been slowly eroded away. And over 100 years, 150 years, who's to really notice? But there's something very disturbing to me, and it doesn't matter what your opinion is, of what happened on January the 6th. You can agree, you can disagree. I have mixed emotions. I think that those that were protesting what appears to me to this day to be an irregular election at best and and some real fraud at worst should have been studied and investigated. And I think all of those that went to Washington, D.C. to make their voice known had every right under the Constitution to say what they needed to say. A number of people, not thousands, but a number of people, well, they violated what should have been a peaceful protest. And they entered the Capitol building and they did things inside the building they should not have done. 
And yet I'm also aware from a number of videos that have come out and people on on the ground, I had a friend who was there, never came inside the Capitol, but he was there and could witness from the street what was going on. There were people that were inciting people to go inside. There appears to be Capitol police and guards that allowed them in. And so there's something still very suspicious about all of it that I find troubling. Do I condone somebody going into the Senate chamber? Do I condone somebody breaking into Nancy Pelosi's office and other things or carrying around flags and and whatever? No, I don't. I don't believe in that kind of protest. You're lowering yourself to what we saw during 2020 with the George Floyd riots. But we see that what really is disturbing, and regardless of what the outcome should or should not be for those that were charged or arrested, we in this country are doing something as evil as what the Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, North Korea, and China would do. We have political prisoners. People that merely were inside the Capitol, many are still in a Washington, D.C. jail awaiting a trial that may not come up till September of 2023, a year from now. They will have been held in custody three years by the time they really get to trial. Three years, unheard of, no bail, no nothing. For what? Yet in New York City, in Washington, D.C., people that commit real crimes with guns end up walking the streets in hours. It's, it is despicable, and it is something that is becoming increasingly troubled, troublesome to me. We see people that are being mistreated, being maced for not wearing a face covering. It's ridiculous to wear a face covering. Number one, the science has proven they are worthless and useless, but no, they're using these shaming masks on these political prisoners. And if you don't abide, if you're eating, you have to pull your mask down, put your food in and pull your mask back up, or they will mace you in the face. These officers... These reprobate, disgusting, worthless, garbage officers all should be fired that are assaulting these prisoners, mistreating these prisoners, torturing these prisoners. This is un-American. This is unacceptable. This must be brought to an end. And why a federal judge will not intervene and demand that these people be properly Well, properly treated. We treat murderers and rapists far better than we're treating these people in this D.C. sewer of a jail. This is what I would expect in the Soviet Union. This is what I expect in communist China. Yeah, it's still communist China. This is what I expect in North Korea. This is what I expect in Hitler's Germany. Not the United States of America. You need to write your congressman and your senator and demand that these people be properly treated. 
demand that they they get their opportunity. Why is bail being denied to people that merely broke in to the Capitol when rapists and murderers get better treatment? And on and on it goes. I read many a story that comes to me that kind of chronicles what goes on with these individuals. And the U.S. Marshals Service in particular needs to know that you are watching. And I pray to Almighty God, if in fact, I don't trust our our Department of Injustice. Merrick Garland is a reprobate who has no business being in the Justice Department. He has no business working for the government. He has no business in law enforcement. And he should should be thoroughly disbarred for the activities that he's engaged in. Merrick Garland has ruined the reputation for, for ages to come of the Department of Justice as the Attorney General. He's made it a mockery. This, he's no different than what we saw in Stalin's Russia. Biden needs his political enemies damaged and destroyed. And Merrick Garland is such a disgusting individual, he's willing to break the law to do it. The man should be fired and then bought up on charges. And I pray that if the House and the Senate are turned in November. I don't see any guarantee of that because we could still have cheating. I'm sorry, but we could. I hope there are investigations into how those of January 6th have been treated, how the U.S. Marshal Service has behaved, how the FBI has been turned into the Gestapo for the Biden administration, and that the truth come out. I believe firmly that there's a day coming very, very soon where truth is going to be revealed. Like I said, we have to be engaged. We can no longer just hide in our living rooms watching Newsmax, Fox News, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't even trust them all the time hanging around the house and watching videos on BitChute or or Rumble or whatever, hearing all these people voicing their opinions, and most of them selling you stuff and making lots of money and a good living at it. I don't make a living at this. Be nice. But I don't. I do this program for one reason and one reason only. Because God laid it on my heart to do it. There are two aspects to my life, and I'll talk about some of that, part of it in the next segment, but not this segment. Still have some news stories to share. Much of what is going on in the United States today, the stupidity in California, yeah, we're going to get rid of all gasoline-powered cars by 2035. Oh, by the way, turn off your lights and your air conditioning. Don't use appliances and don't charge your cars tonight because... We don't have enough power. And oh, by the way, we're shutting down another nuclear power plant real soon. Does that make any sense? Once again, it's the reprobate mind that is suffering mass delusion. It can't even see the truth anymore. They believe their own lies. They want to believe their lies. 
And these are the kind of people you find from the World Economic Forum, young leaders. And by the way, they have a, a meeting, they have a summer meeting too. They have a meeting in the winter, and we all hear about that one. That's at, you know, Davos, Switzerland. That's at the beginning of the year. And that's when they bring together all the academics, you know, the academia folks, the politician, the big corporate billionaires, and select media participants from dozens of country. But a lot of you don't know that the World Economic Forum They have another meeting in the summertime, and they've been holding it every year since 2007 in China. That's right, in China. These meetings are the ones where they are educating the young leaders of tomorrow. And those young globalist leaders, well, here's how, I mean, this whole program started began as the Forum of Young Global Leaders, became Young Global Leaders, created by, you know, good old Klaus Schwab back in, ready for this? All the way back in 1993. Global Leaders for Tomorrow is what it was first called. In 2004, it became Young Global Leaders, started having their meetings in China in 07. And these these global leaders represent 70 nations around the world. And they're nominated by alumni to serve a six-year term. And I'm telling you, they, they candidates must be, at the time they start, must be younger than 38 years old at the time of acceptance. That means the active are all under 44. Now, we know a number of people like Going back in time, if you go back a number of years ago, Angela Merkel of Germany, member. Macron of France, member. And good old Justin Trudeau of Canada. He went through their program as well. There is a lot about the World Economic Forum that concern me. Because they... They have the goal of uniting the world together and resetting everything, the economy, the currencies, the politics, all of it. Re, they want it all destroyed and rebuilt in their own image. And what you have to remember is what Klaus Schwab just openly says. He said this back in, in January of this year. There's a little bit of background noise on this audio cut. It was actually people bumping their microphones, but I've done the best that I can in in trying to clean the noise up. But listen for just a few moments to what Klaus Schwab actually has to say. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now, is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brazil, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece- at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I we know that half of this cabinet or even more half of uh, half of this cabinet 
are for our actually young global leaders of the world economic right. forum. And that's true in Argentina too. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm -hmm. I'm here with the president, with a young global leader. Now, the point of all that is to get you to see how they think, what they're trying to do, and how they are working their way since 1993 inside of the mechanisms of government all over the world. All over the world. These people that get involved in the program, they are literally indoctrinated. They are set apart. They are told they are special. And they belong to a very exclusive club. You know, the original inaugural, uh, the class of, of global leaders back in 05, only at 237. There's a lot more of them today. In other words... In other words, there are thousands upon thousands of people, thousands of them, that have worked their way into governments in the United Kingdom, in, in France, in Canada, in Australia, New Zealand, the United States. Yeah, they're everywhere. And they get into government, and we know this in the United States, that there is what is called... And we've been hearing this term for at least, oh, I don't know, six, seven years. The deep state. Commonly called the swamp. And the people, the people that are really running the government are not those that you elect at times. It is this well-entrenched bureaucratic class. And their mentality is dominated by the left they are educated by colleges that are definitely owned now by the left. And they aspire to being global young leaders. And we see it play out before our very, very eyes. We live in a time unprecedented, I think, because of our technology, our communications, our weaponry. And social media, all of these things have brought us to a different place than we could have possibly been just 30 or 40 years ago. But here we are. And so I understand it when, when you watch the news and you see all this disappointment and you see all the angst and the anger and the riots and you wonder, how can people be so cruel? I remember that song by Three Dog Night. I'm not going to play it right now, but, you know, easy to be hard. How can people be so heartless? How can people be so cruel? We thought it was bad then. Look at today. Look at people that on the streets of New York City just knock somebody over, push them in front of a, a subway. People trying to kill people on the streets. Where did this anger come from? I can remember being in New York City. In my younger years, as a child, as a, as a teen, a young teen, a, a teenager, and young adult, I've been to New York City many a time. And I never felt that I, that I was going to be mugged or beaten up or robbed. But I do now. I would now. Not because I'm older, because I'm just wiser and seeing how the world has gone in these intervening years. 
I've got several stories that I do really want to share with you today. I'm not going to have time so much in this segment. But boy, I've got a couple of other stories and I'm going to go through them rather rapidly in the next segment. We now have a new mailing address. Now, don't worry if you're mailing anything to me at the old mailing address. It's still going to be good well into October. But we decided today, yesterday actually, to go ahead and get a post office box here in Virginia. And it's just going to be easier to maintain this way if we're traveling a little bit. I don't worry about anything sitting in a mailbox. We have a daughter that can retrieve mail and hold it if needed. And I just think it was a wise move to do it at this time. It also makes the address a lot easier. So instead of that long address we had before, and like I say, that address is still active until until the mid or latter part of October. I don't even have the, I think it's October 23rd is when the cutoff is. So we have like a month and a half. So if you mailed anything, don't worry. But if you believe in our ministry and would like to help us out, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient World Word Radio. And now the simple address, P.O. Box 510. P.O. Box 510. That's P.O. Box 510. And the city is Chilhowie. Let me spell that for you. It's pretty easy. C-H-I-L... H-O-W-I-E Chilhowie, Virginia That's C-H-I-L H-O-W-I-E Chilhowie, Virginia And the zip code is 24319 Once again, the zip code is 24319 And that's the new that's the new mailing address you can also support us from our website, which is truth, the number two ponder.com. Truth, the number two ponder.com. And we appreciate all that you've done for this ministry. And and we got I've got a few positive things to share on the other side, plus a couple of stories that'll make you scratch your head. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The house of ill repute coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. I was on a mission with a large team in Central America, and there were people who arranged our, our hotel and all that. We went into the hotel, but something was strange. There were no locks on the doors. There were red lights inside. Music was piped into all the rooms and strange things going on. It turned out, as we discovered to our shock, we had been booked into a house of ill repute, a house of prostitution. The prostitutes were pretty much away, but still, hey, we're staying in a house of prostitution. It's not exactly what you want to tell your mother or the kind of thing you want to print in the ministry newsletter. (laughs) We didn't know what to do. Should we get out? Something let us stay, pray. We anointed all the rooms. We gathered in the courtyard and we worshiped the Lord and something started happening. People started gathering around, those who worked there, and they started listening. And, and there's a woman who's transfixed and, and she, she said she had a dream that she was in a party and people were going to hell, but then she saw Jesus and come to her. And she said, what does it mean? And we told her and she said, I want to accept the Lord. And by the time we left, a day later, others had accepted the Lord. The one who was running the place accepted the Lord. You see, the Lord called us to go there. 
You know, Messiah was called a friend of sinners. You know, we have to have nothing to do with sin, but we cannot avoid the world. We are here to save the world. We're here to come in and redeem it. You know, overcome. God came to this world so you could overcome your circumstance, your situation, and bless and transform the people in your life. Don't run away. Don't react, but be a light to them. We're not here to be comfortable. We're not here to have comfortable hotels. We're here to bring good news and life to this world, which is a house of ill repute. Want more? Ask for (laughs) the house of ill repute. On CD. And now the free gift for you. The mystery of the temple door is on CD. You'll love it. And sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. And special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy. And the secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. How do you get it all free? Easy. Just remember Jesus, his real Hebrew name, Yeshua. And you dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll spread the gospel by shortwave radio, blanket the earth, 1-800-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. That's box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Or HaOlam, the light of the world. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. And welcome back to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I'm so glad that so many of you listen to this program, both as a podcast and or on radio. I've said it before, and I just want to remind you again why we do shortwave radio. I wish we could afford a lot of domestic radio stations. I'm sure we would get a a big audience, but we can't afford to do it. I don't want to make this a commercial venture, so, you know, being syndicated wouldn't be of any value because you'd have some company, which does happen. As I mentioned before, if you want to be a syndicated radio host on a secular radio station in the United States, your one-hour radio program is going to be reduced down to about 32 minutes between the breaks, the newscast, the commercials, more commercials, You're down to 32 minutes or maybe a little bit more or less, but not by much. And it also makes you beholden to your sponsors. I'd rather be beholden to you, my listeners, who are paying for the airtime on shortwave. And maybe there are some unusual non-commercial radio stations out there that might take the program. I'd appreciate it very much. But right now, shortwave has done well because I really believe, and I I shared this story a while back. This goes back early in the days of the Truth to Ponder radio program. I have a regular listener as a podcast. Now, let me explain how this listener found the podcast. This person had never heard of shortwave before in their life. Didn't know what it was. And a lot of Americans don't. Ham operators do, and some people do, but most people never heard of it. 
because it's something that really was big in the 1940s and 50s, even the 1930s, and still was kicking around pretty strong in the 60s and 70s. And by the time we got into the 90s, it started to fade away. Not totally, but, you know, not as... There are billions of shortwave radios around the world to this day. And it is important in some parts of the world, but here in the United States, not as much. But this individual sent me an email. It's got to be almost a year and a half ago now. Said, I woke up in the middle of the night with this word shortwave and didn't know what it meant. It was on my mind. So I went online and I typed in shortwave and found these radios. And I saw one inexpensive. And I, for whatever reason, I thought, whatever this thing is, I'm supposed to have one. And so she, she bought it. And a week later, when she started to use it, the first day she had it on, she discovered this radio program and listened for several nights and then discovered it was a podcast as well and now listens as a podcast, though she can always get it as a backup on shortwave in case the podcast should disappear. Shortwave has been good that way. Many people that discover this program on shortwave then discover they can get it as a podcast. But I want to stay on shortwave for three reasons. Number one, new people find it all the time. Number two, you know, it, it, it can get to places that, you know, people that don't have the internet or don't really have a smartphone. I know a lot of people that don't want to get involved with too much of the internet. I get it. And I can understand why. And so they get their news and information from radio. And and number three, it stays the backup in case these other venues disappear. So that's why I use it. Getting back to news stories. You know, I was reading some articles yesterday. My wife and I had a chance to get out and get a few errands done yesterday afternoon. And we stopped by a little place to get a salad. Yeah, we're on diets. I'm, I'm making it, I'm, I'm getting healthy. I'm working on eating correctly. I'm taking supplements. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm feeling a whole lot better. You get to a point, you know, you got to start taking better care of yourself. You're not young anymore. And we were, I was looking at some, a news story that had come my way. I just hadn't had a chance to deal with it. And, and I'm realizing when it comes to what we're being told by government officials about a whole lot of other stuff, this is what I find so troubling. The pandemic, we were played for fools by, by Anthony Fauci, and now he's going to be fading into the sunset at the end of the year. I don't blame him. I'd be getting out of town, too, before the potential of the House and Senate change. You might be held accountable for the many lies you stated. And he did lie. I believe that many of the people, many of the people involved with with the entire pandemic and even the vaccines, all of it, there were tremendous numbers of lies. And so one of the things that I thought was rather funny, earlier this week, I guess it was on Tuesday, there was a little press conference held at the White House. And the White House COVID advisors, they were there to, to tell us, 
you know, what to expect in this new fall and winter of darkness and death. And you saw the same familiar characters. Dr. Anthony Fauci, I am science. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who misrepresented a tremendous amount of data to the American people. And Xavier Becerra, who is the Secretary of Health and Human Services. And if you if you look at this when you, when you when you look at this press briefing and everybody's still playing the social distancing game and everything else one of the people that made a statement i thought was rather rather strange and and this is dr ashish ja dr ashish ja and he's he's trying to do a big sales pitch on these new omicron specific vaccine boosters And I mentioned this the other day. If you don't hear anything else I say about this particular topic today, remember this. These vaccines that were rushed into people's arms in 2020 and 2021, the story they they tell keeps changing. In 2021, you were told if you get your vaccine, you will never get COVID, you'll never spread it, and you can have your life back. And so millions upon millions of people in the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, France, Italy, Ireland, you, any, all over the world, everybody lined up to get their shot thinking because they were told they're safe and effective and they work. This new modern wonderful technology can be used to cure cancer and, and male pattern baldness for all we know. Well, they didn't work out as well as they thought. And so we needed boosters and more boosters. And then all of a sudden, the, uh, the, the mantra that it'll keep you from getting COVID, it disappeared. Then it became, well, you know, your symptoms will be less and you're, you'll have less of a chance of being hospitalized or dying. Well, that became the new statement. And people forgot all about the first statement and believed the new statement. And over the past year, over the past year, it's become increasingly clear that these shots don't do much of anything except cause more problems than they resolve. And yet they're still trying to sell you on the idea of getting these new boosters. Now, these new boosters, the Pfizer booster, how did they test it? Did they do human testing? No, they skipped that. They don't have time for human testing. So, They vaccinated, are you ready for this, eight mice. You know, like three blind mice, eight mice were vaccinated. And apparently they didn't die real quick, so it must be safe and effective. And so now you can get it too. They tested eight mice. We don't know what the long-term effect of these vaccines are going to be. To this day, we don't know. Long-term is like five to ten years. And many vaccines have never survived that two, three, four, and five-year window before they, they're pulled away because they're too dangerous. I've said from the beginning, and I disagree with many other radio programs that are out there, I've said early on that some of the people saying that, you know, a third of Americans are going to die by the fall. Well, here we are. It's the fall, and a third of Americans haven't died. Some of them said that last year. 
that by the winter, you know, by December of 2021, we're going to see, you know, half the world or a third of the American population drop dead of the, of the shot. And I, and I said, I don't, I pray a lot. And I just never felt that comfort from God to ever say anything like that. But there are dangers. And I think the dangers accumulate. I said this earlier this year, that when they started talking boosters, I said, you know, the more you take this, the more you're going to erode your immune system. And the more baby boomers take it, instead of living to be 85, you may live to be 78 or 75 or 73. This is what I think it boils down to. These damaged immune systems, over time, people are going to have diseases and they're going to die younger than they would have died. This is what I firmly believe. And it's going to happen gradually and we're not going to notice it or most people aren't going to notice it right away because they're not going to want to believe that they made a mistake, number one. And as it becomes more apparent that there is a problem with these vaccines, hear me out. I think this is going to play into 2024 here in the United States. The world will blame Donald Trump for rushing these things to market and for Operation Warp Speed. They'll say he did it. We relied on his data and his word, and we were all snookered. Mark my words, when they can't hide the data any longer and there is a noticeable increase in the number of people that are, well, too young to die, so to speak, it's going to become a political issue again. And we're going to be watching these same people that are pushing this stuff now saying, Trump did it. And this Dr. Rashishi Jha on Tuesday talking about this new Omicron-specific vaccine had this to say. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. Okay, I'm sorry, but that's one of the silliest things that I've heard in a long time, that we are given two arms by Almighty God, one for the flu shot and one for the corona shot or the booster shot or the shots without end. You know, in some parts of the world, they are so convinced and so deluded to think that these things work in spite of the mounting evidence that tells you over and over and over again that their efficacy is minimal, fades rapidly, can cause additional health issues. It does not stop you from getting or spreading. And evidence that is coming out that I've been reading from very reliable sources tell me that it really has virtually no impact on lessening your symptoms and your odds of dying. Early treatment, proper treatment, taking better care of yourself, early treatment, proper treatment, hey, that's how you deal with, with getting COVID. And in this age of Omicron, these viruses, let me just make this quick statement. I don't want to spend any much more time on this. Viruses tend, as we have learned over the years, and many doctors have confirmed this to me, over time become far more contagious but less lethal with lower symptoms. That's just a progression. 
some are suspicious how quickly we moved from, you know, some of the first variants can be worse or whatever, but but in natural selection, the process leads to a virus that's more infectious and, you know, it is more contagious, but has lower symptoms and lower morbidity. That's just how it works over time. The question some have is, how did Omicron develop so rapidly? Was that also planned? And it does make the vaccine to some look like it's been effective because people are, they're getting into the hospital, but they're not dying as bad. Oh, it must be the vaccine. And they're, they're forgetting that COVID has morphed to this new, more, shall we say, popular strain that is out there. And so they keep pushing for you to, you know, diminish your immune system because they can't yet admit they're wrong. Not until they have, in my opinion, a scapegoat. And they're saving that scapegoat for the 2024 election. That's just my opinion. You can agree with me. That's just a thought that has crossed my mind. One of the things we face today is that we see the narrative being controlled. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of news stories that I find troubling. Freedom of speech in once free nations is being denied, being diminished, and being threatened, and being made criminal. One aspect of any kind of dictatorship in the world has always been, has always been controlling, as I mentioned on the first part of the program, getting to the youth, getting them to believe what you tell them. They're impressionable. They're young. You can stroke their egos. You can do all kinds of things to make them obedient and even turn on their parents. In China, Mao Zedong successfully turned college students against their own parents and grandparents, and many of these parents and grandparents were murdered at the hands of their own children. It was called the Great Cultural Revolution. Sounds like the Great Reset. It's always the same thing. What has always been puzzling for many is how can citizens of once free nations like Canada, once free nations like Australia, New Zealand, United Kingdom, France, Germany, you name it, how can these, and we see it repeat over history too, like in Germany, how can these nations, how can they be convinced to support these weird policies, these freedom-robbing policies? How do they get these people to even, you know, run concentration camps? How do they get people to take food away from people and have them starve? How do they get so many people to support policies that, to any outsider, are cruel, destructive, and dumb? And I'll just reference what I talked about in the beginning of the program. How do you get guards in a jail in D.C., the U.S. Marshal Service, that can be cruel and torturous to people that haven't even had their trial yet? It's real easy. The answer lies in what is called preference falsification. It is forced. It is... It is having the echo chamber created in the media, the echo chamber created within groups. 
First, you divide people. Then you, d- you decide which group is going to win, which group that you're supporting. Look at the left versus right in the United States. And then you start demanding that opinions that, that are offensive or make people feel bad must be suppressed. Saw this story. This comes out of the United Kingdom. There's a man in the United Kingdom. He was arrested and charged after face after a Facebook post. And what did he say? It caused somebody anxiety. He was offered to have the charges reduced, not eliminated, if he paid for and completed an inclusive, uh, inclusive I can't even pronounce the word today, a being inclusive course. You know, it makes common sense that on a platform where two billion people around the world post their thoughts and ideas, you might have some differing opinions you don't agree with. Yet nowadays, one side is saying, you offend me. You're mocking me. If you don't believe in same-sex marriage, you are evil. You are hateful. And you must be silenced. You must be crushed. You must be eliminated. You must be destroyed. In the United Kingdom, they're calling this. You ready for this? They're calling it lawful but harmful content. And that can get you arrested. It gets you arrested. This global censorship is always in lockstep of late with the leftist movement in the United States, in Canada, anywhere in the world. You you tell people that you believe as I do, that this new push on transgenderism is either peer pressure or mental illness or a combination of both, and you're called a hateful person, a transphobic, cruel, mean, despicable. And yet you have mentally ill people like Richard Levine running around wearing a dress, calling himself Rachel, and believing that he's a woman. I even heard Tucker Carlson the other night say he's an ugly dude. I've been saying that for a year on this program. The man is a dude. He's a guy. He was the father of children. He has a mental illness, and rather than treat the mental illness, we encourage it, and he gets surgically altered, but he's still a man. His DNA will always betray him. He will never be a woman. It's harmful to say otherwise according to Facebook or Twitter or the government in the UK. And I'm telling you, it's already rearing its ugly head in Canada, Australia, New Zealand. And if the Biden administration has its way, they will codify it into law here in this country. All of this, all of this is to demand that you believe in one thing and one thing only, whatever the state tells you. In Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, Jesus is now getting the the 70 or 72 ready to head out there and minister in a group, a group of two by two. And he makes a couple of statements, and I want you to hear them. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. 
Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And then he says in verse 3, listen to this one carefully. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among the wolves. Want to know something? You want to know something? That's pretty much where we are today. We are lambs among the wolves. If you believe in traditional marriage, if you have faith, you know, I was surprised that somebody would say, God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot, one for COVID. What about monkeypox? Where are they going to put that needle? It's getting to the point of ridiculous. It's control. And they want to see how many people still obey when the government gives a clarion call on any particular issue. We are really, we are really sheep among wolves in the world today. My opening question was, do we run and hide? Do we just stay in our homes and, and you know, fill our basements or or holes in the ground with food or whatever the case may be and, and, and you know, get our ammunition and be ready for, for the apocalypse? Or do we engage this world? One of the greatest problems I see in America today is this. And Canada, I mean, Canada and the United Kingdom and Australia, you've had about a 10 or 15 year head start on secularizing yourself and spitting in the face of God. And you're now paying a price and you will continue to pay a price. But there are people out there that have never heard the gospel or their parents were too lazy to take them to church because they decided to skip it themselves. It's like I told you before, I know one young gal that lets her little children decide if they want to go to church. Does she let them decide about going to the dentist, bathing or brushing their teeth? Of course not. But we have a whole generation or two that have been unreached. I'll be talking more about it on tomorrow's program. I've got some very important things in that area to share. Now, yeah, we got to get out there amongst them. We need to be out there sharing the good news. We can't hide. We can't put our light underneath a bushel barrel. We have to be that salt and light. Do you believe in the work that we're doing? We have a new mailing address. If you can financially support us, by the way, the old address will still work for another month. Mail a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address, P.O. Box 510. P.O. Box 510. Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319. That's Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.